This is a warning. I just spent a week with a lot of Baptists. So good morning, church. Priests and pastors all over the world are greeting their congregations with those words. Good morning, church, God says back to us. But today, here, on Trinity Sunday, for us and for others, this greeting is more particular. For we are called Trinity Church. Our name is not the name of a blessed saint. We are not St. Paul's or St. Elizabeth's, St. John's or St. Barnabas. No. The people who first gathered here in Concord chose to call themselves Trinity Church. They chose the mysterious description of our all-powerful, undivided God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God in three persons, blessed Trinity, we just sang. It was a bold decision back then, as it still is today, to plant ourselves right here on Elm Street in this mystery of the Trinity. To commit to God in faith. To live knowing that there is much we do not understand and much we struggle to speak about. But we hold our heads high and boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. For we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Trinity Church. God's church, you, me, all of us together. This is a living, breathing mystery of beauty and relationship. We are the body of Jesus Christ who is risen from the dead. We are joined with him as brothers and sisters. Children of God, the one he calls Father and whom we are invited to call Father too when we pray. We are sisters and brothers to each other and sisters and brothers of Jesus. And we have this perfect, this perfect Father who created each one of us and who loves us unconditionally. That love, God's perfect love, is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Each of us, each of us a human body who breathes in and with this same Spirit, That spirit that the writer of Proverbs described, wisdom and truth and love from before creation. Wow. Wow. As I was traveling home 
from Virginia Seminary on Friday, I found myself on the red line about the fifth leg of my journey. And I have to tell you, in all sincerity, that the word of God came to Nancy in the subway. (laughs) The word of God. As I was sitting there looking around at the other passengers, a young man covered in tattoos, an old lady with a little dog in her purse, people with briefcases, people plugged into their phones, all ages, all colors. I realized that God had made each and every one of them a unique expression of God's love in the world and that he loves each and every one of them with that unconditional love. Wow. Seeing for a moment through God's eyes all those strangers. I have never felt so convicted in my life about the importance of this love. This love that is poured into our hearts that I think sometimes we ignore. Each person, the person sitting next to you right now who you may have lived with for 60 years, is still a mystery. And it's still that unique expression of God's love. What would our world be like if we walked around with those glasses on? Just a thought. God delights, delights in the mystery of each one of us, of you and of me, of the mother bringing her children across the border to try to find them food, of the homeless person, everybody. God delights in each one. So this Trinity thing, this mystery, it's bold to believe it. It's bold to proclaim it. In a world that too often turns away from God's truth. A world where violence, suffering, cynicism, and frankly fear cloud our vision of God's promise to us. God's love for us and for all he has created. encourages us to hold our heads up, to boast even out loud of God's mercy and grace, truth and love, even in the face of the inevitable suffering of our human lives. I think Paul's words today are not prescriptive. He's not suggesting that suffering is a good thing. God loves us. He doesn't want us to suffer. 
But Paul was writing this letter towards the end of his ministry and the end of his life. He had suffered a lot. So the words he writes are descriptive. They're descriptive of something he knows, something he knows in his own heart, in his bones. His hope was born out of the struggles and the suffering. Paul encourages us to be filled with hope as we are filled with God's love. He's not talking about wishful thinking or sentimental hope. He's talking about rugged hope. Hope born of the reality of our lives and born of a passionate desire to know God in prayer. To see God, the hand of God at work in one another and in the world. He calls us to cast away fear and death and to see with new eyes, with resurrection eyes, the vision God has for us and for each one of his children. So by God's grace and the courage of our forebearers to name this truth, to name us Trinity Church, we and all Christians are bound up in this Trinity, in this mystery. Just as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are inseparable, we too are gathered into these bonds of love and nothing can separate us. From God's love. We are not only sitting in this church together, praying and singing, serving others, caring for the hungry and the sick, but we are in the divine trinity, woven into this reality of God's love. Good morning, Trinity Church, indeed. So what might this mean to be a Trinity people, to be Trinity Church in Concord, Massachusetts in 2019, to worship the one God who creates, redeems, and sustains all things? I believe it means that we who live in this trinity, in this mystery, are also called to create, to redeem, and to sustain. To join in. God's work is our work. God's love is our love. So here's a whole lot of questions that I hope we will talk about throughout the summer. In partnership with God, what might we need to create in our moment, our context? A more welcoming place? Perhaps we can cultivate a sense of delight and curiosity and wonder about our neighbors. Honoring the mystery and the joy God has for each one of them. 
we create and nurture a safe and welcoming space for all people, young and old. Places where people are respected in the dignity of their unique belovedness. In partnership with Jesus, what needs to be redeemed, healed, in our church, in our community, in the world around us? And once we get a handle on that, what sacrifices are we called to make? What might need to die in order for new life? To arise. Who needs to be fed with food and spiritual nourishment? How do we draw closer to God individually and as a community in prayer and around this table? In partnership with the Holy Spirit, how do we sustain our life together? In a spirit of truth and love. I was sorry to not be here last week for Pentecost. Because I'm sure that a wind was blowing through this place. But what wind is blowing through this place today? Are they winds of hope and promise? Are the windows and doors of our hearts open to receiving a new thing? What passion has God placed on your heart? And how can we, as a community, support each other in our particular calls to serve God and the world? Creating, redeeming, Sustaining. We are Trinity Church and we are the Trinity. Creators, redeemers, sustainers. And we can do that because we have God's love poured into our hearts. It's a gift, it's grace. So may you be blessed. And may you be challenged, unsettled, and excited, attentive and listening and willing to embrace this living mystery together. Good morning, Trinity Church. It is indeed a good morning. By God's grace and blessing, we awake into this new day with wonder and praise filled with God's love. Thanks be to God.